0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Bully Food Challenge. Today on episode 15, we're going to talk about the fight, flight, freeze, and fawn slash flock response. Uh, some people just say fight and flight. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about how to reverse that response. But before that, I want to just give out a big warm welcome to all of you who have been coming out to hear the show over the last few months and. Um, anyone who's new, you're also very welcome to be here as well. I'm Kelly Sorg, your host. I've been teaching middle school for 20 years and I have helped many students overcome the problem of bullying. I myself overcame the problem of bullying back when I was in middle school and a little bit in high school. Um, So I'm eager to show you different techniques and patterns around the issue of bullying and how to reverse them to help yourself and others around you uh, get past that problem and do better in life. Um, I'm not a therapist or a provider of any kind. I can't give you individualized care or instruction, but I can, like I said, give you ideas and knowledge about the pattern of bullying and how to overcome it um, in a more general sense. And I do suggest that you work with, sometimes sit down with a trusted adult and have them help you make sense of what I say or what you learn from this or other materials um, and how to make it, have it make sense in your own life. Okay. So today we have um, the topic of the fight flight response to talk about, and we've talked about it a little bit before. Uh, This time we're going to dig in much deeper to understand it better. So just a quick reminder, what is it again? It is the body's response to a perceived threat. The fight, flight, freeze, fawn, or flock response is our threat response. And it is a combination of both our sympathetic stress and our parasympathetic stress responses. So some of the uh, threat responses that we do are more based in the sympathetic stress response, which is... Um, the response we have when our body is stressed or we have a stressful situation going on and our mind is stressed. And the parasympathetic is the calm down response. It's the opposite response. So an example of this is um, with breathing. Inhaling is sympathetic. It stresses our body to bring in the new oxygen. We have to do something with that new oxygen. We have to send it to our lungs, to our blood, to our heart. We have to get it pumped around our whole body. Um, and then the exhale is letting go of the old breath. So the exhale is the calm down or parasympathetic response. And you can actually engage the parasympathetic, sorry about that, the parasympathetic response by exhaling for a longer period. You'll hear this whenever you have any lessons about mindfulness It's very common to hear about extending your exhale, maybe doing a four-second inhale and a six-second exhale to uh, engage that calming down or parasympathetic response. You can also stress yourself out more by breathing rapidly, which is uh, often accompanied with panic, is that you will breathe heavily and kind of get your body more and more stressed out because it doesn't have the chance to do the exhale, which is the calm down portion. Um, So anyway, hopefully that example helps you. Uh, get an understanding of the difference between the sympathetic and parasympathetic stress responses. So back to uh, back to the threats, uh, sometimes your body and mind will go into a high gear in the face of a threat. You will have a sympathetic stress response. You will feel adrenaline, which is a hormone that prepares you to fight or flee, which means to run away, and you will be feeling extra power and strength during that response. Your heart will beat faster, your muscles will constrict, your mind will go blank because all that matters in the world at that moment is your survival and your body for whatever reason has assessed that it needs to run or it needs to fight to get, uh, to get out of the situation. Other times you will find your body intentionally calming down to survive, which is the parasympathetic response. And in the face of a threat, animals don't always fight or, or run away sometimes from their predators. Sometimes they will stand stock still, or they will play dead, which is a freeze response. They might, um, try to play nice or cooperate or do something, uh, like get back to their own herd or flock, which is why. Uh, they, They will say the fight, flight, freeze, fawn, flock response. Flocking is getting back to your larger group of animals like a herd, or it could be trying to fit in with the group. Okay. So what does the fight, flight, freeze response have to do with being bullied? Okay. First of all, we know bullies are threatening, whether they're really a threat or whether they're a perceived threat, which is most often the case. Um, usually, their threats are fairly empty, but we will have to face them to find that out. You don't you, you at first, a bully seems threatening to everyone, as I said in episode one, Everyone finds a bully unpleasant and threatening at first. It's just that some people are better at engaging a non threat response to them so that they can respond to the bully calmly, and whenever you respond to a bully calmly. You deprive them of bully food. you def- deprive them of your worries, your anxiety your your fear, your willingness to do whatever they want to make them go away. All of those things are bully food. All of those things are also the stress or not the stress but the uh, threat response in action. so if you are fighting a bully or running from a bully or hide, trying to hide from a bully or trying to fit in with the bully by doing what they want or you know, standing stock still and losing your train of thought. All of those are bully food and they are also all threat response. So that's what it has to do with. All right. That's what the fight flight response has to do with being bullied. And the reason we're getting into the details of fight flight freeze, et cetera, is that dealing with bullies drives people like us Also, you know, also known as people who get bullied, people like us are people who ended up getting bullied over and over again. It drives us into an extreme stress and anxiety. It puts us in a high level of threat response. Um, So, we want what we want is to teach ourselves to be able to reverse this and turn it around. And we want to be more like the people who are unfazed by bullies. And are therefore able to be calm around them, which means that the bully gets no bully food. So I hoping I'm hoping you're understanding that pattern. What you want to be is the kind of kid who can immediately turn off their threat response when the bully comes around and just see the bully as a obnoxious, annoying kid. Or you know, if you're older, maybe a a, a younger adult, or maybe I, I don't know. Some of your I hope that some, whoever's listening is getting help, regardless of how old they are. But I I did have young people in mind when I created this show. So, all right. Um, we want to remain calm so that, so we need to understand our stress from the inside out. That's what what you, if you want to work with parasympathetic or calmness, you want to know where the stress is coming from. You want to, you want to understand why your body does what it does and that's the only way to reverse it. So instead of the bully being able to hijack your threat response and send them into a, you into a frenzy of, of running and hiding and fighting back and getting stuck in your emotions and stuck in your thoughts and, you know, trying to fit in and betraying yourself in order to be like everybody else, that's all bully food. The bully's trying to get you to do that by hijacking your threat response so that they can get more bully food. But they aren't an angry grizzly bear and we want to immediately engage a non-threat response whenever they come around because they're not actually a threat. Yeah, they can they can threaten to embarrass you. They can threaten to push you around a little bit. As I've said before, a true bully is not going to go into the level of criminality. And if they, if, if they do venture into that territory, they have left the realm of bullying and they are now fully into a realm of needing to be dealt with by authorities because they're doing illegal actions. Okay. So a, a, a true schoolyard bully, somebody who's just messing around trying to get power and trying to push you into your threat response is, is not a real threat. They are not a danger, okay? And we, we talked about this in episodes past where you can assess whether you, you think your bully is actually posing a physical safety danger to you or whether there's some things that you can do to kind of reframe what they're doing and turn them into the paper tiger that they are, okay? Um, I need to teach you a little bit about a brilliant doctor named Claire Weeks and her approach to reversing a threat response, she figured out how to reverse the threat response into a non-threat response. And, you know, she's famous and well known mostly for cracking the anxiety code. So what she ended up doing was teaching people, her patients who had high levels of anxiety and panic, how to reframe their experience And instead of having a threat response that just kept going on and on and on, which leads to panic and leads to low levels to high levels of anxiety all the time, she wanted to teach people that they could do the opposite of a threat response. And that, that is, that is essentially her, uh, her whole approach in a nutshell. She has a, a, she has a six word solution, which is to face, accept, float and let time pass. And what I notice is that face is the exact opposite of flight, except is the opposite of fight. Float is the opposite of freeze. And letting time pass is the opposite of feeling rushed as if a perceived threat is an actual emergency or is an actual danger, um, which if there was a grizzly bear or you were in a real emergency you would need to take immediate action and and take care in that situation do whatever is needed to uh to move past it safely and to help whoever's maybe possibly going to be harmed but in the face of a non threat if you let your threat response go off over and over again, you're going to teach your brain that the non-threat is actually the same as the real threat. And so Dr. Weeks was trying to help patients who had high levels of anxiety and panic, who were actually afraid of their panic. They were afraid of their anxieties. And those anxieties became so frightening to those patients that the, that the, that the sensations of panic and the constant thoughts of anxiety were getting in the way of their ability to live a life a truly full life. Um, so what she wanted to do and her message was to translate to anyone who faces, um, threats, including bullies, how to, uh, reframe anyone who's anything that's not a real threat into a, a non threat. Okay. And you do this by teaching your, deeper mind or your your emotional mind your fear center in your brain your amygdala all of those parts of your brain that are more animal and they're more instinctual they're not the layer of uh that's that's unique to human beings which is the concepts and being able to think uh think critically or think logically that part of your brain is more a more uh human aspect of your brain but the the lower level the deeper level which is more of an animal and instinct level you can't talk to that part of the brain it doesn't have a language all it knows is behavior so if you act scared it's going to think whatever's happening is scary if you act calm it's going to think whatever's happening is is a non threat or is a non emergency and that was her whole her whole approach all right so the bully food challenge is essentially a challenge to face the bully accept the situation float along long enough and let enough time pass that the bully becomes a distant memory and it's in the wake of you. Like you're in your, it's, it's a, they're in your dust. They're behind you on your path. Okay. So I'm going to repeat her advice one more time, which is to face, accept, float, and let time pass. And the bully food challenge is to face the bully, accept the situation, float along long enough for time to pass. So the bully leaves you alone. All right. And here's my deeper take on her advice. Instead of fleeing or running away and hiding, you have to face your bully. You have to face up to them. This doesn't mean that you want to provoke them or start stuff with them. It means that you need to stay put, stand your ground, be part of the solution instead of completely relying on others, including adults to help you. Facing means facing up and being there and, and, um, staying. It means dealing with it instead of running away and hiding from it. Okay. So that's the first part face. Okay. Instead of fighting, you, you And, you know, fighting your bully or resisting the fact that you even have a bully. Some people are stuck on the the idea that they even have a bully is it's unfair and they shouldn't have a bully and it should be a bully free zone. It's the school's fault. All of that. Instead of fighting those ideas, accept them, accept the fact that you have a bully, accept that the bully is a jerk, accept that you have to take responsibility for the problems they cause, even though it's not your fault at all, accept that bullying you face as an opportunity to become stronger and more confident. Accepting means allowing what is true to sink in so that you can separate fact from fantasy and over anticipation. So you can see the situation for what it is so that you can solve the actual problems instead of making it way bigger in your mind, making it out to be more than it is engaging your, your threat response and, and feeding into the bully's pattern of trying to control your emotions and get power out of you. All right. The third part, instead of freezing, When the bully tries to push you around, either emotionally, socially, or physically, what you want to do is melt and float through the situation. And this is a really tough aspect to Dr. Weeks's advice. And she herself would say, it is simple advice, but it's not easy to do. And I've said that before as well. You, when you float, what you're doing is letting go. You're letting go of having control. You're letting go of trying to be perfect. We've talked about this. You are getting loose and relaxed, just like if you were playing King of the Hill or tug of war, you're getting loose and relaxed so that they can't remember. They can't use your own rigidity to push you over with one finger. So that's that whole like, you know, lose to win. Be willing to relax and take the bully and yourself a little less seriously. Floating means giving up the tight grip of control you feel you need to have in order to hold yourself together. Floating means just kind of be like, eh, we'll see what happens. I'm going to do my best as an, uh, you know, one day at a time. And what that ends up doing is allowing you to let time pass and, and kind of see the situation for what it is. So Dr. Weeks's six word, uh, advice. And she, she of course wrote many books and gave, gave talks and things to go deeper into her, um, her, her principles and her approach, but the six words don't really say much about, um, the flocking or fawning thing, uh, which means trying too hard to please others, which is fawning. That's like trying to impress others, trying to appeal to them. And then the flocking would be betraying yourself to fit in. So doing whatever you think the others want in order to be part of them versus being yourself. So my advice, and I think this is what Dr. Weeks would say as well, is to be yourself, your true self, be authentic. And we talked about that in the last couple of episodes, show everybody more of the real you as you become more comfortable to do so and make sure they know you've got your own back, whether they like it or not, you're not going to move for them. You're not going to change for them. You're not going to explain yourself to them. You are not going to you are not going to apologize for having your own back. Okay. That is what it means to do the opposite of fawning and flocking. You can be, you know, belong to other people, belong to groups of friends, fit in in ways that is okay for you. You know, everybody fits in in some ways and there's things about us that are different than the others. And you have to honor both sides. That's what I'm saying. You would never want to do something just to make someone else happy so that they won't be mean to you. That would be engaging a stress and threat response versus engaging a non-threat response, which is, hey, if I don't do the thing you want me to do, and you don't like it and you get mad at me, well, that's tough luck. I'm still gonna just do, I'm gonna be myself. I'm gonna do what I think is right. And you can't make me change or be, you can't make me betray myself essentially. Okay. And the last part is to let time pass. So instead of sending your mental ambulance in every time the bully takes a shot at you, you just have to be patient for everyone, including yourself to get used to this new, more confident you. Everyone will adjust. And so will you over time, you will, you will start to adjust to the ideas and actions that you've been taking and you will truly become a new and improved version of yourself. And that's, that's the whole point of the bully food challenge is to figure out parts of what you can do to, uh, meet your own standards of success. Okay. So I just want to make sure you understand that by acting, I'm sorry, by enacting the non-threat response or the formula, Dr. Weeks, so wisely identified, you are going to teach that deeper part of your mind not to see the bully as a threat. At first, of course, you're going to see them as a threat and you're still, you're going to have to bravely face them. You're going to have to bravely accept the situation for what it is so you can read into it and figure out what to do. You're going to have to float along. You're going to have to let yourself believe and have faith that you will, you will be okay. Even though you're not trying to, you know, tightly hold on to the last bit of control you feel you have, you have to have faith that you can just sort of glide through it and get to the, you will get to the other side, this deeper part of your brain where the the threat response comes from, it only understands your behavior. It doesn't understand words. I already explained that. I'm going to explain it again. Your most deep animal brain does not understand English or any other language. So you can't just simply explain to it with those words that the bully is just a mean kid at school and not a real dangerous predator. Okay. Um, like a grizzly bear or a tiger, um, that part of your brain right now probably sees the bully as just as bad as a grizzly bear or a tiger, just as dangerous. And the only way you're going to tell your fear center in your brain to see the bully as a non-threat is by acting and behaving as if the bully is not a threat. You have to act like it's not a threat. So if, if it was a real threat, you don't, you don't go face a grizzly bear. You don't go walk up to a grizzly bear. Like, Hey, I'm here. I'm going to stand here and just, we're, we're going to, we're going to deal with this like equals. No, a grizzly bear is, is definitely a dangerous predator and you could really be messed up. If you stay there and stand there, you need to get out of the situation. You're not going to try to fight a grizzly bear. You're not going to try to, you might try to freeze just to, just to make them think that you're, you know, you're not somebody to chase, but you're, you would be smart to engage your stress response because a, or your threat response because a, a grizzly bear is a real threat. But a bully isn't so you don't want to teach your brain that the bully is exactly the same as a grizzly bear. You want to face the bully, accept that they're there and be okay with that, accept that they're just a lesson you need to learn. Uh, you know, don't be fighting, putting up a fight with them. Just, just deal with them. Like I said, before less is more, do the least amount possible to move on from them. And then watch as time goes by, you won't have to, you won't have as much of a problem with them as each day goes by. So the opposite is true as well. You could enact the non-threat response to teach your brain that the bully isn't the same thing as a grizzly bear or that an, an, a really anxious day isn't actually going to be harmful to you, or that a panic attack isn't actually going to harm you, you can, you can use Dr. Week's advice and engage the non-threat response to teach yourself that there's a difference between a panic attack or a bully and a true threat like a grizzly bear. But the opposite's also true. Engaging the threat response in the face of a bully teaches you subconsciously that the bully is just as dangerous as a grizzly bear. You don't wanna do that. You do not wanna give the bully that much credit. They are almost always a paper tiger and you have to treat them like a paper tiger, like a false threat, okay? A nothing burger. You have to treat them like a nothing burger because they are a nothing burger, because you, sh- they need to see that you think they're a nothing burger and that your own brain needs to learn the lesson that there's a very big difference between some rude kid at school who wants to get power over people and an actual threat, like a dangerous person or a dangerous animal. Okay. Um, and so what I suggest is that you start by talking with a trusted adult. And I said that at the beginning of the episode, who knows you pretty well. Uh, So, that they can help you think about this, uh, think about what kind of stress response and threat responses you show on a regular basis. Everybody has patterns and tendencies. So, you can also write in your journal about your own patterns around the bully. You want to think about things like how does your threat response show itself when the bully's around? Are you more of a person that uh, that fights the bully, or fights the idea of the bully, or wants to face off with the bully, or wants to has a hard time accepting what's happening. Are you more the one that runs and hides whenever the bully's coming around? Do you just freeze up and and you can't think, you can't say anything? Are you trying to fit in by acting the way the bully seems to think you should act, or acting the way other kids act to try to make them accept you? You know, you just want to get to know which part of yourself. Um, is, is showing up when the bully comes around or when you have to deal with these unpleasant situations, you also want to figure out which part of the threat response is going to be the best for you to start reversing first. Um, not that you shouldn't have a threat response. That's a, it's a good thing. It's part of your survival as a, as a human being, we all have a threat. We all have a threat response that should be in working order and we should never try to uh, reject it or deny that it's there, but sometimes it's it's like a false alarm. It's like a it's like when the smoke alarm is going off, but there's no fire. So sometimes you just need to be able to shut it down because you know that there's no real there's no real threat. So that's when you use Doctor Week's advice. That's when you use the anti bully food advice. Is when you realize this isn't a threat, and I don't need to be acting like it is. All right. Uh, you know, as you look through your own behaviors, you will start to see ways that you can, um, engage the opposite effect that I said. And I hope you start to find the pattern within yourself and which pieces of advice will, um, start to land for you and, and become a new way that you act toward others, including the bully. And also that you have a great week and I'll see you next time.